Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cross Street Coaching. We are halfway through our leadership series, and it is my pleasure to welcome two very special guests. That's right. I have two leaders with me in the virtual studio today. Hello. Hi there. So we have Harry and Ani, and we are going to be talking about a different side of leadership. And I'm really excited to let our two guests introduce themselves. So why don't we hear, in your own words, how do the two of you like to be introduced? Hi there. Um, my name is Ani Trajo Barrington. Um, I use the pronouns she and her, and am really thrilled to be one of the co-owners of Eclectic Co. Hello, I am Perry Boltz, also she, her, um, and I am the founder and now co-owner of Eclectic Co. Well, welcome to both of you. It is my absolute pleasure and honor to have both of you on as guests. And so our theme for this show and kind of this year that we've been talking on, it's about leadership. So before we dive into leadership and how you got into your leadership style, for those people that aren't local where I'm at in Colorado Springs, Eclectico is very, very well known. It's the hot spot. That's where you get the most awesome gifts for everyone. But I'd like to hear in your words, what is Eclectico for those that are out of the region? And tell us a little bit about how this came to be. Yeah, so Eclectic Co. is a maker's market boutique um, that is cooperative, collaborative, and really community-centered. So what we do is house uh, small and micro businesses uh, that would otherwise have a really hard time having access to retail storefronts. So you come in the store, it feels like a beautiful boutique. um, And then when you learn that every little section is a different local maker, it really adds another layer of investment in um, shopping local, shopping sustainable, uh, local sustainable handmade is our tagline because that's what we do best. Excellent. And and Perry, tell me a little bit about how this idea came to fruition and how this all got started. Had you seen other people doing it? Is this something that you came up with in a, in a fever dream? I mean, where, mm-hmm. did, where did this all come from? Yeah, a little bit of both. So obviously, co-ops um, exist in various forms um, in different industries. Uh, but what I saw as a need in our community was uh, an affordable space for handmade, sustainable um, artisanal goods to exist. Uh, often when you see, um, whether it's kind of cooperative shops or um, boutiques that showcase local things, they often take a, a pretty high commission rate. Um, that puts strain on makers, that puts strain on the shopper that, um, you know, kind of has to compensate for that commission by paying a higher cost. So uh, through meeting a lot of the local makers in our community in Colorado Springs, um, and through research uh, into why that model generally is the way it is, um, commissions being anywhere from 30 to 50%, depending on the store, um, just kind of problem solving, how could we do it differently? And how could we um, make everybody win in a different way? So our model is um, totally different. Instead of paying such a high monetary cost, our makers contribute time in our space. So the benefit to that is multifold. Um, the customer gets a great experience where they often get to mate, uh, excuse me, meet the person that made the item that they are purchasing. 
um, it creates a community of makers that are really working together for shared success. Um, and it keeps their costs low. So the percentage that we take is much, much lower than, um, any of those other, um, types and models that have existed in the past. Ani, when, when you're telling people about the store and you say it's artisanal, artisanal goods and they go, oh, so is that like really expensive spoons? Like, how do you explain what the store is and what's actually inside? Sure. So I actually started as a vintage vendor in this space. And so it's really fun for me to be able to explain um, that we really do try to carry the gamut where any person can walk in and find something that grabs their attention. Um, So yeah, we explain that we are about sustainability, um, that we try really hard to keep our prices competitive while also honoring the artist. Um, Our artists do a fantastic job of leaning on our leadership when it comes to finding their price point, which looks different than an online price point or a market price point. Retail is just its own animal. Um, And so, yeah, we try really hard to tell the story of, yeah, it's priced that way because of a certain material that's being used, or it's priced that way because um, the value of that vintage piece is 20 years older than the value of the one that came from the 2000s. So we we really try to know our product well enough to be able to justify um, what those artisanal and what those uh, vintage products are really offering our customers. Yeah. And so you said you started as a vendor. So kind of talk about mm. your journey. Was this something you were doing before Eclectico existed? Did you create it as you heard about it? Like kind of tell us the story about how you got involved. Sure. I love the arc of my story in Eclectico because um, I actually was not at all um, in the vintage business professionally as a small business owner. I was in Uh, ministry world. I had done that for about a decade. And um, when I moved to Colorado, I found a whole um, incredible, supportive small business community that I just immediately wanted to be a part of. Um, And when I jumped into doing markets, Perry was also kind of at the same time scheming this whole concept and our paths were able to merge. And I was really grateful to be one of the first vendors in Eclectic um, selling vintage and it's truly what made my business succeed. Um, it, it put my business in a place where I could have um, consistent income that was, um, for me, paying for my child's daycare. That was my goal that I had in mind with it. Um, and it's taken me above and beyond that space. And it's done that for a lot of our business owners. So I feel really honored to have been a part of it from the start. It's taken my career in a totally different path than I expected. And it's beautiful because it's something I could have probably had a pipe dream about like that. I would never actually think that I could make come to fruition. And and because of Perry, because of the co-op, um, I'm just in this like dream space, dream world right now. Living, living the dream. I sound so cheesy, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Like totally living the dream. (laughs) That's incredible. That's amazing to start as something that you think is a side project and to see it come to fruition for both of you. So congratulations. And one of the things that really interested about bringing on leaders in your position is that, so you're leading other vendors, solopreneurs, side hustlers, creators, makers, as you call them, all sorts of different in different positions. Some of them are doing this for fun. Some of them are looking to offset their costs. Some of them, this is their dream, their passion. And you're looked at as this leader figure, but you're not quote unquote, their boss. So talk to us a little bit about how you approach leadership in this space, because I think there are a lot of people that can relate to being a leadership figure without being like, I'm responsible for your time card and your paycheck, et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah. So it's a really interesting place to be in that we have kind of, um, you know, through trial and error and through figuring out um, types of personalities and different makers that, that fit our model, because we do kind of serve several different roles. We're we're business operators that kind of oversee their small business inside of ours. We're also mentors. Um, or also friends. Um, so it, it's this very interesting thing where sometimes we have to take off the mentor hat and put on the um, operational hat. Um, and so that really looks like um, kind of counseling our makers that come from all different backgrounds have been doing their own small business for anywhere from like six months to, you know, 20 years. It really just depends. Um, so filling in those blind spots, uh, whether that's, you know, somebody that has never filed sales tax before or something like that, or getting a more seasoned maker to see like, you've been making it this way for 20 years. Why don't we try something fresh and new? And so just mentoring everything in between those two extremes. Um, and yeah, just serving these different roles, coach, mentor, um, operator, uh, has been really interesting. And I think that that's something that Ani and I do well together. We have similar leadership styles, but different strengths. Um, and so that's uh, been something really interesting. And Ani can definitely speak to that as well. Yeah, I'll just say that that's part of what attracted me to wanting to work alongside Perry was that her leadership was not um, that like tight grab of like, I am the one um, where the buck stops and you have to listen to me. It was never like that from day one. It very much felt like we were all sharing in this beautiful experiment together. Um, the keys, quite literally, were in the hands of all of our vendors, um, which meant that everybody took ownership. Everybody um, really believed in the mission and and it made itself very apparent who was really in it um, and who, who could look at our leadership as inspirational and not um, see it as controlling. I just, I was very attracted to that immediately. I was like, I love the way that Perry leads because it's how I also like to lead. Um, so yeah, I just think that that's part of what makes the model really special. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of reasons that are cited for for against that leadership model is that, oh, well, people can get inconsistent experience. One person could really, really enjoy talking to this vendor. Another vendor doesn't talk or that decision-making is really slow. Things are slow to move and progress that may not match the pace of, uh, let's say, a global pandemic or, you know, any of that nature or seasonality of business. So how do you make that work knowing that there's a lot of obstacles that have been saying like, well, that can't work. Not everyone can. There's too many cooks in the kitchen, things of that nature. What would you say? <laughs> yeah. To yeah. You want to go first? Tommy? I mean, that's our one of our biggest challenges to really and truly. Um, and, and you're naming it. Um, it's a lot different to live it out than the day to day and to preparing I to consistently um, remind folks that uh, but the, the buck does stop with us, right? <laughs> like the decisions at the end of the day, the, especially the larger operational decisions really are in our hands. Um, but I, I definitely feel just a, a, it's, it's that beautiful tension um, because you really do want people to feel that investment. Um, the, the privilege that we have now with where we are being uh, three years into this and then having three stores now is that we can be pickier with who we decide to onboard. Um, if immediately the culture doesn't feel like something that people are excited about or being in the store isn't something that people feel excited about, 
um, having a consistent customer service experience that is just above and beyond what they get in any other store. If that's not something that our vendors are excited about, um, then we encourage them to find another space where that makes sense, uh, where they can wholesale in other spaces or um, they don't have to choose our model. Um, we're so grateful that we've kind of gotten that that choosiness now. Um, and, and we've definitely in our onboarding processes, um, we're creating more mandatory, um, just mandatory in the sense of like, we just really encourage people to come and learn about what we want that customer experience to look like, mm-hmm. um, what we're all about. And again, if those things don't vibe, then it's okay. We can we can step away from each other. So yeah, it's been a huge learning experience for both Carrie and I. Yeah, just to um, kind of round that out to give you an example, um, we try really hard to take vendor in, input on as much as we can. So, hey, as a vendor, how is this going to impact you? How do you feel about this? Um, do you have suggestions on the best way to do this? We often send out you know, emails asking for feedback or polls or um, things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, we do kind of have the final say on what that will look like across the board. Um, So the example being, as COVID really started to heat up, and as it really started to impact our business, when it came to making a quick decision, um, you know, it was March 13th, 2020, we were like, we're closing tomorrow, um, just so we can figure out what the heck is going on. And then we sent out like, okay, what are you comfortable with, um, with us being open, us being closed, us doing curbside, us doing appointments. We basically polled all of our vendors. So we make those split second decisions and then kind of make sure that everybody, or at least a majority are on board, are feeling seen, are feeling heard, are feeling supported. So it definitely is a a push and pull and a beautiful tension, like Ani said. Yeah, I like how you frame that, a beautiful tension. And one of the things that that I kind of think about is that as you're growing, you said, okay, well, we have this power to kind of be a little bit more choosy. And that seems to be difficult when one of the main missions that I know Eclectico is, is, is representing a lot of people, representing a lot of voices, especially, you know, di- celebrating diversity. And how do those two things jive as you grow and you're trying to choose people that fit into the business model, but that may have great art, but terrible business acumen? Or they've got great business acumen and they're like, this is a clay pot that a kindergartner would make. What's going on here? Like, oh, so how do you, so how do you navigate that to make sure that you're respecting the original missions when you started this venture three years for ago? Sure, for sure. And opening a third store, um, just to give some context, uh, we have two stores uh, in the Colorado Springs area. They're about two and a half miles apart is all. Um, and this third store that we are opening October 1st of 2021, um, it is in Littleton, Colorado. It's about 60 miles from our other uh, two locations. So um, we are not starting completely fresh with a new batch, um, but largely with all new people that may or may not have heard about our concept. And it's been really interesting, kind of cold selling them a what we do, and b trying to get a feel for, you know, how they are on all of those different aspects. So we gather a lot of data um, around that looking at their Instagram looking at their websites, um, that gives us a good insight into, you know, how invested are they in the business? How often are they posting? How often are they refreshing their shops? Um, And then the customer service piece and the culture piece um, is something that comes through conversation. So 
um, you know, sending them a packet of this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what's expected of our vendors. And, you know, we hear back from them like, yes, like you're my people. This is what I'm looking for. Or like, I don't know, that doesn't sound really like what I'm uh, looking for in a retail space. I just want a wholesale or whatever. So we kind of look for Mm. that excitement around like, yes, I need community. And we um, actually do that in our vetting process. When someone applies, uh, there's a question that says, what would being plugged into a small business community mean to you? Um, And we just get some of the most beautiful responses that, you know, will just bring a tear to your eye about how isolated people feel and how, how much they've been looking for community. And so that's kind of an easy way to figure out who's going to be bought in and then just holding them accountable to like, we told you in the beginning that we provide stellar customer service. Is that something that you're here for or not? Mm. Yeah. And I'll just say, I do think that there's, there's a part of us that knows that not everybody's going to come in and be just the best salesperson and the best artist. Um, so we're always willing to, um, do everything we can to go above and beyond to help them feel more comfortable in these environments, you know, especially somebody, somebody who comes in and says, I've had no retail experience, um, always surprises me because they get excited the second that they're going to talk about, Oh yeah, I I actually worked with that maker last time. This is how she does her process or this is how he's done his woodworking. And it just, it's really beautiful that people can sell things that they're excited about and that they have a connection to. So even if they've never worked in retail, there's just a natural connection point that they have with um, the maker and the customer. It, it works in both directions. So we're always, always, always willing to work with people when they say, well, I've never done retail before, but I'd love to give it a shot. Or um, I've never produced that much, but let me see how far I can push my business. Um, and we're there to support and just help them keep tabs on what's selling the most, um, what needs to be pulled back on, scaled back on. Um, it's it's a beautiful experiment for us too, as we work with each individual vendor. So it sounds like the model's working, the leadership approach you're taking, even though it is uh, can be a, the the beautiful conflict. It is it is working for both of you because you're about to open a third location that is quite a bit of distance. So tell me a little bit about what that venture and that final decision to be like. All right, let's do this, and to get into a third location, which. For small businesses, the expansion can be scary, can be life or death, so to speak. Hopefully, knock on wood, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's super um, scary, exciting, all of the things. Um, something that Ani and I have done really well together is take calculated risk and take well-informed risks. Um, you know, we've had a handful of opportunities come up since we started working together that um, just had varying degrees of um, complexity and, and the way that they felt and the way and how excited we were about them. And, um, this third store, uh, really came at an awkward time to be honest, but we both felt so ready for it in the sense that it was a calculated risk. It's, a um, it's a, it's almost like a bite-sized risk because without getting too technical, um, it's starting out as a six-month pop-up that gives us an opportunity to get our feet under us in this new community. And, um, you know, taking a risk that is scary, exciting, um, all of the things, but also, you know, we know that if for whatever reason uh, things don't work out, 
it's a six month commitment and we're okay with, you know, leaving all the skin in the game for six months. For sure. And I think it's also a testament to the, the fact that Perry and I have spent the last six months, especially um, pouring into other people, like not just having the business rely on our shoulders, um, but bringing on managers um, who could really take on the same vision and be captured in the same way that they would also be excited to run a store. So um, that's something that we were both really on the same page about who we wanted in that space to run the day-to-day operations, uh, knowing that she and I were at capacity, um, both in our personal and professional lives. And so, I, I mean, we both thoroughly enjoy mentoring and bringing on somebody to basically pilot the model on to see how it looks in the hands of a whole other human um, outside of the two of us. I got it. I was truly just excited about it and and thrilled that there was a way that we could make this replicable, um, not just 60 miles away, but further on down the line, maybe somewhere further. Yeah. I I mean, it seems like you're, you're heading in a very positive direction. There's definitely a business need for this as people come back from Amazon, everything to wanting to have that in-person connection as we all leave our houses. So Ani, tell me a little bit about that process. I mean, did you how did you decide? Because there's there's two of you and there's two locations. And as they say, you can't be in three places at once. You know what they say? <laughs> yeah. So they how say. did you did you start with pen and paper to craft this? I mean, how did you develop how you were going to shift the the duo, the leadership, and make it stretch all the way out to another location, such significant mileage away? Sure. I mean, it was a bit of a forced change, right? Um, I I was found out I was pregnant in January, and I had told Perry like 2021 we're doing a Denver store, <laughs> and so to start the year going or maybe in 2021 we're having a baby. Um, I it shifted for me pretty quickly. Okay, I can't be in two places at once. I assumed that I would potentially be the person to do Denver, and so I had to take my foot off of the gas pedal there and talk to Perry and say, what would it look like if, you know, one, I, I just thought, let's just drop it. And then, and then the more that we got into the year, little things kept popping up that made me think, I, I don't think we need to drop this. I think there's something here for us and we just need to really keep our eyes open. Um, and even after having other opportunities arise that didn't really make sense for us, um, this one actually was, they approached us about being a part of their shopping center. And so, yeah, I just feel like we both knew, Hey, it's okay to find ourselves at the place where we're at max capacity. Um, let's, let's start visioning something else. And it just so happened that right, right people, right time. When those kinds of things, that alignment comes together so beautifully, um, can't ignore it. And again, you can't try to hold that power. Uh, it has to be shared so that there can be growth. And so once we both realized that we had the right person in place, we, we just, we knew we could make it work. But how did you know? How did you know it had to be shared? Because there's a lot of people that hold yeah. on to it with an iron fist. I'm the yeah. owner. I know what's best. Yeah. I, I mean, she can yeah. blame. It's it's such a delicate and, um, you know, just unknown thing. But when you see somebody that um, that is willing to steward your brand in the way that the two of us do and in the way that you know, takes ownership, takes accountability. Um, it, it just, it shows that, you know, the vision is larger than the two of us. And um, as long as we provide the tools, the know-how, um, as long as we do our due diligence in making sure that everyone has what they need to succeed, 
like this vision can exist outside of the two of us. And um, yeah, it will be a whole new venture for us uh, handing, handing the day to day to um, a very trusted third party, but a third party nonetheless. Um, it's going to be really interesting. And I think um, it's just going to be this really pivotal step for Eclectic. And I just have the highest hopes that it will continue on really beautifully and, and teach us a lot about the replication and, um, you know, just how to really spread the, um, not only the message, but the the vision to different communities, because um, in the post COVID world, um, in this kind of environment where things are swinging back away from um, box stores, uh, eclectic is really um, can kind of, can fill a niche in many many communities. So you mentioned tools there. So Perry, is there a specific tool or maybe like a a, a favorite tool in the toolkit that you've been passing on or been utilizing in order to make this growth come to life? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, Ani and I both are are big fans of understanding um, ourselves as leaders, but also ourselves as people. So, um, you know, we we talk about uh, Myers Briggs and Enneagram and all of those things. So, those are kind of like fun tools that give us kind of a, a view into how um, you know people manage or what their motivations are. Um, but really, it just goes back to to the heart of being a servant leader and, you know, holding very delicately the balance of what's in the best interest for our makers and for our customers. So there's not a hard and fast toolkit, (laughs) which is challenging, but also, um, you know, it just goes back to, to motivation of, of protecting our community, protecting our makers and taking really good care of our customers. Yeah. And I'll say I come from a communications background and so, um, even in in my one-on-one communication with Perry, like truly, truly, everything is about transparency. Um, and everything is about here is where I am today and here's what I've come in with. Um, so before we even step foot into business conversations, I need you to understand what's happening in the background of my life right now. And that carries over into our vendor relationships. Um, we've been able to do a really good job of trying to foster an environment where we trust one another. Um, we we trust the best of each other instead of just assuming the worst about each other. And the communicating is the biggest piece of that. It's it's if somebody can walk in and they can very quickly help us understand their state of mind, then it helps them to more like just excitedly come into the workspace. But if they come in and they're like, I'm not sure what she meant by that, or there's a lot of just weird, delicate things that can happen in large communities if there's not good communication. And so we hold that pretty, pretty high um, in our in our community. We have to be able to be transparent with each other. Yeah. So I'm hearing some several tools, which is the first one, understanding yourselves as leaders and then as human beings. And then also some other, you know, emotional intelligence tools that kind of give you a frame of mind to think about your how you're presenting and how other people are presenting themselves. And then as you talked about communication, transparency. Sounds a lot like empathy too. A lot of that understanding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, that's what made me excited about working with Perry was because we were totally in sync on that. Very cool. So as we're talking about being human beings as leaders, let's talk about the two of you. So as you're growing this venture, how do you support yourselves as human beings? I mean, Ani, I heard you said that, hey, you you expanded your family in January. Congratulations there. And that's, that's no small feat. Sometimes those things get put on hold for leaders and for entrepreneurs. So 
Tell me a little bit about how you're balancing your leadership needs and the needs of your business and your yourself. Sure. Um, so I actually just had a, my, we're one month old. We have a one month old right now and a four year old, um, both boys. And it really was a, that being like a mom reset my life. <laughs> and that happens for a lot of people. Uh, you literally just hit the reset button on uh, career on, you know, what you thought your capacity could be is no longer the same thing. Uh, that's a very, I feel like uniquely, uh, it's a unique burden to mostly women. And so uh, taking that on four years ago was definitely difficult. This time around felt way less difficult because I had a whole team of people that were supporting me. Um, so in the last, you know, 28 days since my child was born, I have just felt such a freedom to be able to focus fully on my family um, cause that's something that Perry was very adamant about giving me those boundaries during this time. And then also just having a whole group of people who are leading the business. And so it doesn't feel like it's being left behind or forgotten about and things aren't falling through the cracks because we've just so graciously been able to like lean on so many different people. Um, so yeah, taking care of my family is the first, always the number one priority. Um, taking care of my own mental health is a huge part of how I can continue to make myself a strong leader. Um, and be a good business owner. And so that that looks different for everybody, but definitely counseling for me is a huge thing and um, having a close relationship with um, my partner and just being able to like really connect and, and not just go through the motions of the day-to-day -day and, and miss it. I get really bogged down if I can't make that connection happen um, with the people that I love in my life. And so, yeah. And then obviously we, we live in a beautiful space. And so being able to be outdoors and connect with nature and connect spiritually to some degree um, just with what's happening around me is, is a really beautiful thing. So all those things help to keep me just grounded. Yeah. And Perry, what about you? Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, yeah, I definitely, uh, it's a, it's something that I've had to learn and, and COVID was really honestly good for me in that sense in setting boundaries and, and appreciating kind of a slower pace of life. Um, so being present with my family, my family looks a little different right now. My husband is away. So right now my family is my, my dogs, but, <laughs> but, you know, making connection time for my family, um, and getting outside as well, for sure. And just um, really taking this time that is so heavily work focused um, and expansion focused to also work on my own personal expansion. So, you know, doing a lot of inner work, inner child work, um, working on my own spiritual needs. Um, that's how I stay grounded. And that's how I, you know, wake up every day really excited to do what I do, because I've learned to set those boundaries of, you know, give 150% while you're at work. And then when you come home, really try to keep those worlds separate. When everything bleeds together is when you can kind of just be going through the motions in all aspects, kind of compartmentalizing work versus personal time um, is something that I've learned through the three years of business ownership, but has been really good for me. Since I have both of you here, how do you two support each other, right? As this leadership dynamic duo, or is it all sunshine and rainbows? You never have any disagreements. <laughs> it's pretty damn close to sunshine and rainbows. Right. <laughs> They're like flowers and 
Daisy. I don't know. Yeah. So for those of you that can't see, Ani has these amazing Hong <laughs> Kong yarn. Earring, obnoxious. They look awesome. They're so obnoxious. They are, I love them. They are rocking. Um, yeah. So Ani and I have always, you know, from the start worked really well together. Um, we just complement each other in um, both our strengths and our weaknesses. Um, so I think that we support one another definitely through communication and just that empathy piece. It's something that we both do really naturally in, in all aspects of our lives is empathy. Um, so just being here for one another, not only as, as business partners, but as peers, as mentors, as friends, as, you know, family, honestly, we just kind of fluidly move through all of those roles. And we've really done quite well in kind of dividing up those business um, responsibilities. And so some of it is just the structural procedural, like you handle this, I'll handle that. But it's honestly a lot more than that. It's emotional support and, and um, mental support. And, and yeah, it, it's, Sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> Sunshine and rainbows, right? And and when it's not, I think it's one of those beautiful things where we know we can come to each other and say, um, this is a concern for me. The way this has been handled is um, a concern for me. And I'm not telling you because I think you did it right or wrong. I just want to talk about where we can both grow. Um, mm-hmm. we've, we've had lots of situations where I've had to apologize to Perry or say, I know I could have done that differently or I know I could do better or I know I'm falling behind, right? Especially in these last few months, right? But leading up to my maternity leave, I was like, Harry, I know that you know this, but I am struggling. So please, 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 like just if, if there's anything I can do to help clarify or give you, you know, just a better sense of where my um, energy can go, let's do it. So just constantly, constantly supporting one another in that sense helps a ton that when we know that one of our brains is in a different space or can't manage right now or has a lot of stress that the other one can pick up the slack and be able to um, help and, and be able to really not just support for the sake of the business, but for the sake of one another. And because we, we are deeply invested in each other's lives and in each other's families. And yeah, we, we just, yeah, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it's pretty damn close. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> I'm glad to see y'all are still human. So as amazing female leaders, you are supporting each other through how you're leveraging each other's strengths. I'm hearing a lot of good communication, upfront communication, and then some humility and forgiveness. It sounds like that's that's a recipe for sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Because we are all human, right? And especially in small business, there's just, you're always juggling, you're always wearing 10 hats. Um, so you have to, it has to be about learning, growing, forgiveness. Absolutely. That's always been a goal is to demystify the fact that you always have to do the right thing amazing without any flaws in order to be a leader. And so I love to hear that it's pretty dang close to sunshine and rainbows. (laughs) So excellent. Well, this has been a really awesome chat. Thank you so much for joining me and for telling me a little bit about your journey and giving us a peek behind the curtain. So where can people find out more about the two of you and Eclectica? Yes. So we are on all of the socials. Um, well, not all of the socials, most of the socials as uh, Eclectic Co, Eclectic OCC, and Eclectic Littleton. So um, if you search Eclectic, um, we should be one of the first things that come up. Um, shop eclectic So that's shop 
E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C-C-O.com. Um, and we do have a, an online store where you can um, order and ship nationwide uh, because most of our products are unique and one of a kind. Um, the store has a very limited selection, uh, but it is available and you can always DM us on Instagram for anything that you see that you like. Awesome. We'll have links to that and all the other goodies in the show notes. Thank you, both of you, for coming on. And until next time. Thanks so much.